how are you? It's the Tag Pro Lead Podcast. I'm Bald Eagle, and next time you get mad at the CRC, just remember, the NHL just taught it had a draft lottery to decide who got the first pick in the draft, and they ended it by not knowing who has the first pick in the draft. <laughs> hey, how are you? This is Capuke. I'm a little sad today. Oh. You know, you did this before, <laughs> and it's like, how am I supposed to do my introduction? Because now I have to ask why you're sad. <laughs> well, just because we got eliminated. Oh, yeah. Not a big I deal. feel that. Well, um, I'm Rig, and having not watched a single playoff match this season, I feel very qualified to be on this podcast right now. How was the uh, formatting of the disc last week, Rig? How'd that? Oh go? my god, dude! Um, well, I got I built a new computer, which has been fantastic. But I needed to transfer Windows to a USB drive, and blah 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 blah. It ended up taking four hours instead of I thought it was going to take more like thirty minutes because um, my buddy's computer was super slow. So I missed the podcast, but I did listen. And I do have to say, within the first 90 seconds, Bald, you lied twice. One, <laughs> you said, this will be a short podcast, yeah. which was a very blatant lie. And the other, you said, I am not going to watch any games this week. And on both <laughs> Tuesday and Wednesday, I saw you on. And I streaming. think I was waiting for games. I'm literally streaming. <laughs> so after 90 seconds, I'm like, all right, this is going to be a great podcast. <laughs> So, speaking of great podcasts, uh, we have Rig, who didn't watch any games, Catpuke, who's depressed, and me, and I haven't had coffee yet. So, let's just get through this, and hopefully we'll have some content that is actually listenable uh, to y'all. Let's just uh, start right in on ATM. Catpuke, do you want to rip the Band-Aid off? Yeah, of let's do it. All right. Uh, that ATM matchup, Dark Side of the Ball, the first seed facing Big Pop and the Dinos, the fifth seed. Tell us about what happened in that game, Catpuke. Uh, first four games were very close. Uh, just kind of feeling each other out a lot of it. And then our offense got very one-dimensional. Have you, to make a football analogy, we stopped trying to run the ball and just started passing. Like, we only took the same two boosts at flag again and again and again with like no change in backboard, nothing like that. And that got us shut down. I think it was the the other team doing very well on defense to, to like constantly keep diffusing the boosts they didn't want us to take. Now, I'm a Chiefs yeah. fan. What's wrong with only passing the ball? You guys run the ball all the time. <laughs> or at least do other things. We're only good when we abandon the run and just let that Mahomes go. Anyway, um, yeah, that... Having pl- having been eliminated to the team that failed you this week, uh, yeah. last week, um, yeah, that sounds a lot like what happened to us. Um, their, their defense just really, after the first couple games, started to lock things down and uh, make it made it a lot harder. Their yeah. offense also started to get out a lot more, which kind of helped in forcing us to to become one dimensional, um, because like we always had to be closer to the flag than their defense was in case we needed to play OD. Mm-hmm. which meant we could only take a couple uh, of the grabbing mechanics that were available to us. Look, I mean, that dark side of the ball team has a lot of old, old balls. Yeah. They have to do some warm-ups. They have to get their stretches in before they actually start turning it on. True that. Also, I forgot who it was, but we won the first game, and they said, oh, that's the first first game we've won, and everyone goes, oh, like, you've jinxed it. Yeah, I remember because I was streaming the other game at the time, so I wasn't watching your game. But I remember yeah. somebody saying like somebody was started talking trash like after game one, or like probably in a joking matter, right? Uh, talking smack, but 
Yeah. Well, you guys checked the first two against them, right, Bald? So apparently they just start out slow and decide they do start to slow. sprint after that. I, I, in hindsight, I should have started talking trash after the second game to just get my shots in there. I think they uh, their defense likes to feel out an offense. And once they've kind of figured out what the offense is trying to do, they, they get a lot better. They're veteran players. And they've all been around for a very long time. They're not yeah. going to get rattled by what feels right now like a, a big audience. But really, when they played, it was a few hundred more watching. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, were the audiences that big back in the back in the old days? For the championship matches, they were. I, I think maybe for like a Foci Four, it still wouldn't pull in that much. But but like the Super Nuper would get a lot. Having two Sphere matchups this week will hurt that, but just because yeah. it's so late. The inevitability of Sphere. Yep. So if you're looking back at your season, Capuke, what would you say went? wrong obviously we're at the point where you can't say too much went wrong because we made the semifinals but uh i would say our biggest issue as a team was playing with our hearts we we would get so hype and so low all of the time that yeah we would just play momentum all the time and when it started to go bad that that's not good yeah, I, I think when you're when you end as one of the top four teams in a sixteen team league, yeah, you can't say, say much, much went wrong. I, I think both this team and and the timers were really damn good this season, and it's just it's almost a coin flip at that point. Mm-hmm. Well done, guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously a big accomplishment. And in your first year of eighteen, yeah. How 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 did your first season of eighteen go? Like how 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 are you feeling after uh, coming up a little bit short but having a good season? Um. Man, I wish I would have gotten nominated for FEU Gasp, <laughs> is all I can say, because I, I feel like I did all of the, a lot of the smart player things for our team that did not result in any stats. Tell your captain to nominate you. <sighs> Smalley, congrats on getting married today. Yes. You nominated me for FEU Gasp. Congrats to uh, our supporter, Smalley, for getting married today. I assume. I mean, something could have gone terribly wrong. That's true, but I'd assume so. Jeez. <laughs> you just gotta just cover stick your... with the, the assuming that he got <laughs> married. I think that's the way to go well, here. You can't assume anything. You're like, I would have to say Smalley is set to be married today. There you go. Don't know for sure whether it went off or not. By the time you're listening to this, we'll know. Good odd. Good odds that he's married by now. By the time you're So the fun got bent, huh? <laughs> yeah, transition. Other game on a team, uh, the three seed lane before timers against the ten seed, the only team outside of the uh, original eight still alive. We expanded to twelve teams this playoffs, and uh, OPH is the one taking the most advantage of that, coming in as a ten seed and uh, pretty putting pretty dominant performance for uh, second, probably third week in a row from them. Uh, Getting a uh, 4-1 victory. The only game they lost was in overtime. Uh, again, Ball really... What happened? Yeah, I streamed this game, and you know it was, it was really, really impressive uh, from OPH. Um, I think there, there can't really be any doubt that they're one of the two best teams in the league at this point. Uh, obviously, I mean, you can have your questions about why they finished in 10th place. I know they shuffled positions around a little bit, but they are definitely one of the two best teams on... June 27th when we record this or one of the two best teams on June 30th. Um, 
they they were getting out constantly. Like it, it felt like they weren't even really trying to get out too much. Like LBT and and this might have been as much on LBT's defense as it was on OPH's offense, but LBT's defense was just giving up a ton of these rub grabs and stuff. It felt like OPH never really had to work to get an out. Um, and then, of course, on the other side, the, the defense did a fantastic job shutting down team. Um, L- LBT, like so many teams that face OPH, just couldn't get the reset and couldn't hold the reset. Uh, the offense was just too strong from OPH. Um, Galvatron just it felt like he always had a boost to work with. He did a great job, as always. Um, Alder, are you a believer in playoff Galvatron yet? I, I still think it's like I still think it's overrated the hype. I think that you have to give credit to all the other players on the team that are doing a good job. I I still do not believe that one player can carry a team all the way. But OPH has again done a fantastic job building a team around him and supporting him and getting him into good positions to take advantage of his talents. That was a, a beautifully hedged answer. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel. I mean, the way I see it is, okay, you have playoff Galvatron. You have, you have Joe Hobo, who really shouldn't be on this team. He was a captain of another team. He didn't play after he got traded until, I don't know, the playoffs or week seven or something, whatever. But then I think Raccoon is... It's really a cool story. It's almost like a what a shrimpster story or the chicken story where mm-hmm. um, kind of came out of nowhere. You know, true rookie people thought might be pretty good based on their pub play, but like didn't really think they'd be this good. And so, you know, we're, we'll see him in minors, if not um, finishing in majors like those other players um, sometimes do. And then I think really what's amazing is the X factor of DRAC who never really gets much recognition, um, has switched positions back and forth, helped win the Nooper last season, now is back in the Nooper this season as a captain. Like He should be talked about as one of the better either team players or better just players in general in the league. And for him to be here twice in a row um, after getting basically no recognition, I think he came up as a free agent last season after having many seasons off. That's pretty awesome. So it's a, it's a really interesting team of people who are brand new, people who are um, veterans and came over in shady ways, and um, people who are playoff gods. Let's talk about LBT. Um, they had a really good season, obviously, getting the Fokai 4. Um, and again, it's hard to point to any one problem. I mean, for, for me, like on my ballot, they had both the offensive ball of the season and the defensive ball of the season. So for me, I'm really surprised to see them go out in five games. Um, any thoughts on what went wrong for them this season? You know, having looked through the EUs and looking through all the numbers and, and really going through like stat by stat, I think the one thing that stands out to me on the EUs is that they all use the sword flare every game. Mm. And I think <laughs> that really did them in. Um, uniforms just don't typically work. And if you're going to do a uniform, you should be showing off either a hammer or an axe, I think. But a a sword's not going to get you to the nooper. Sorry, guys. My my, my thoughts on uniforms are, I think uniforms are most effective when offense uses one and defenses uses another. Because that way it's a lot easier for you if you're like just spawning in base to, instead of having to read the name, like you automatically know whether somebody's out of position. Like whether you need to stay tempty or stempo or like what what the deal is. I think if everyone has a different one, you just 
assume like, Hey, it's a coin. It's rig. You know, like you don't even read names anymore. Yes. But, um, for me watching that game, I think relative to the week before LBT's teamwork and support play just wasn't quite at the level it had been. Like they had a really, really good, uh, match the week before working together and, and getting each other out. And, and I don't think it was quite there. And then obviously, like I said earlier, uh, couldn't get reset, couldn't stay reset, um, kind of overpowered uh, by the OPH offense. But again, there's no shame in making it to the Foci 4. That is a fantastic accomplishment. In, in a, that's the, the top quarter of teams this season. Um, 12 teams didn't make it that far. So yeah. uh, great season from LBT. I wish I had anything to say, but they shellacked us week seven. So I, I, I clearly don't know what they did wrong because they did it better than us. So, Well, you may have got shellacked by them, but you're both out at the same spot. That's so. true. Who's to say who's the better team? Um, let's go to the actual exciting playoff series this week. Uh, and those were on B team. And if you did not watch the B team games on Wednesday, boy, you missed out. Because we had two barn burners, two really exciting seven game series. Uh, which, I mean, any of these four teams could have won. So let's talk first about the game between Jack and the Blocks, who were, I believe, the three seed, and Dark Side of the Ball, who were the fifth seed. Do I actually have the seed right this week? Yeah. I think I do. Um, that game, going, going the distance, but Jack and the Blocks pulling it out, pulling away, really, in game seven, as Dark Side of the Ball unraveled on Willow ended up 10-3, but the rest of these games are all very exciting, both teams going back and forth. Game 5 overtime, but it didn't matter very much this time. Well, it did. Well, I mean, yeah. the the next team wasn't the, the same team that won the Game 5 overtime. So. True, but had Dark Side of the Ball won that overtime? Right. True. You know what's interesting about um, Jack in the Box is that in a, in a B-team season where it felt like half the players had dropped down from a team. This is a team of guys, specifically Logistic, Rick, and Blob, that have played A teams, but have spent most of their career on B team and like are always on that cusp. And it's cool to see a team that's like that, like true career B teamers that are always one of the better players on their team. Um, to come together and, and form a booper contending team now. Um, so I, that, that to me, I mean, the team they're playing too, it's the same story with Vomitron, Dwarf, and Traps, and Squid. Like, this yeah. was a, a very, to me, like pure B-team matchup, which makes yeah. me very happy. Um, and it also makes me really happy to see um, Jack in the Box because I think Lodgy and, and Rick and Blob, like, They've all been really good players, and then Cooler and One Two Three Eight Four have been um, adding. You'll never see me not root for an NPCB. That's for sure. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it's an exciting lineup. I, I having lost in the foci with Rick last season, I I was really excited to see him get through because um, he deserves to be playing in the booper. Sure. Um, and on the subject of the NPCB uh, with Cooler, uh, Cooler is going to have an opportunity on Wednesday to do something that has never been done. No playing captain has ever won the Booper Ball. Hmm. Which would be a, a significant accomplishment like to, to be able to lead that team. 
you know, that sounds pretty yeah. croissant to me. Still don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> as far as dark side of the ball, I, I think I think we would be in agreement that the most fun team to watch in the playoffs this season was the Mighty Ducks, and we'll get to them in a second. But the most fun individuals to watch were Squid. Were, <laughs> was Squid, but also like all of Dark Side of the Ball. Like they all yeah, made insane. All play. four of them were on the top ten all the time. Like Gilly, Squid, Traps, and Llama. They were all making top tens like almost every week. But they especially Squid. Top 10 Dark Side of the Ball plays. Yeah, like so much fun. Yeah, Squid. Like I, I, I was watching that game back, um, and I was thinking like Squid is basically this season's Farva, uh, as far as. Uh, a player who, I mean, Squid is is different because he's coming back from a, 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 a while. But here's a Western player that you know the the wider tech growth community in the East probably has no idea who they are, and he's coming back and just making play after play after play. And it's a shame that uh, he couldn't pull it off like Farpa couldn't pull it off last season. Um, but uh, just some insane plays again this week. You'll see him again in the top tens for the Hokai Four. Um, and then our good friend uh, who doesn't support us again, Trapson. Um, <laughs> I'd say he made good plays, but again, doesn't support us, so who cares? Um, I love Trapson. The, the other players, you know, in this game too, just like plays everywhere. Lamatron, vote for him if you haven't voted yet. I'm sure everybody has, but Lamatron for MVB. Um, Gilly Ball was in there. Dwarf Fortress, like. Plays after plays after plays. Um, and if there's going to be a difference between these two teams, it's that Jack and the Blocks, while able to make plays, isn't the playmaker type. They, they were all just classically fundamentally sound. Um, yeah. they, they just had better decision-making uh, across the seven-game series, I think. Um, just more in control. Um, and that's what wanted for them, I think, was just that they were more on top of the mental side of things. That's not to say Dark Side of the Bowl wasn't. They were had an amazing season, an amazing run through the playoffs, but Jack and the Blocks played a, a clean series and when it mattered on Willow, they got the got the win. Now let's move on to the the last game. This was another exciting seven game series, the one seed Land Before Timers against the seven seed and giant killer Mighty Ducks. Uh, Mighty Ducks have had an incredible run through the playoffs. They had that comeback from 3-0 down. They beat the OPH juggernaut last week. Uh, another juggernaut before them this week. And they went down 3-1, and it didn't look good for them. But that's right where the Mighty Ducks uh, feel comfortable, apparently. Brought it back <laughs> to Game 7. And then even had a lead in Game 7. Had a two-cap lead, but they blew it. And unfortunately, the Mighty Ducks uh, are flying out of the playoffs. Land before timers moving on. Uh, with a, a, a great performance from them, um, proving why they're the one seed, even though they had to hang on a bit there. Any thoughts on this series? The the thing I take away from this is between Fractal, who, who should not be on B-team, um, Proboat, who I've been playing a lot with on the Tag Pro matchmaking, he is an incredible player, um, and then Drufa, who's gotten way better irony. It's an incredible cast. The fact that LBT beat them, even if, if it was in seven, like we all knew they were the favorites, but I have a feeling they're going to um, have an easier matchup next week than they did this week. Because just looking back, I think that 
um, Mighty Ducks were just an incredible team. I did see in the mailbag, um, and maybe if one of you watched this game. I streamed this game. Okay, so you want to tell us about the irony lagout? It looks like you lagged out on Game 7. Right, so yeah, Game 7 on Emerald. Right at the start of the game, this was probably about 10 seconds before the first pup round, a little before that, irony lagged out. Um, they ended up getting the, the three balls ended up having to go in front, so they they couldn't play anti. Irony, like for about twenty seconds, was trying to get back into the game, and then Aster subbed in for him. Uh, and because of that, they they didn't get the initial reset. They gave up the first round of pups, but that was about it. Like Aster came in, they didn't give up anything because Irony lagged out. Um, they got their feedback under them. They won up by two caps after that, and then they blew it. So. Yes. Irony, had he been in, you know, it was a one-cap game. Is Irony one-cap better than Aster? Probably. But Aster also played a really good game in relief. Like, he didn't look out of place. I, I, I've captained Aster. He's a good player, and I thought he had a really good half in Game 7. So, you know, it's Emerald in Game 7. It could go either way. Obviously, I don't know how it affected their mental state. Like, maybe that had yeah, an impact. I think that's but, tough. Yeah. But, it's tough to see for the Mighty Ducks when LBT had double the prevent, 10 minutes to five minutes, and almost double the um, hold, five and a half minutes to not quite three minutes in game seven. Which actually, it's, it's on, honestly amazing. It was a one cap game because yeah. with those numbers, that's, that's I mean, a huge advantage. It, it was not that big of a disparity watching the game. Like, it was very clearly uh, an even game. So that's where numbers can sometimes be misleading because if you watch that game, you don't think LBT's walking away with this and we're unlucky to only win by one. Like that was an even game. And that gets to something that I think is worth pointing out. In all four of the games that the Mighty Ducks lost, they had opportunities to cap in the final minute. In in, in several of them, they gave up caps like in the last two minutes and then ended up facing situations where they needed to get that tying cap. And in all four games, they came damn close. Uh, they ended up not being able to finish the job. But LBT was actively, like, LBT in the last minute was actively giving them chances. Like, they were, like, just giving up stupid grabs. And Mighty Duck should never have been in the positions they were to be able to tie the game, but they got there. And then ultimately they couldn't finish the job. It, it seemed like they didn't quite know how to work that last cap in. They, like in one game, they had all three players chasing, and that's not a good way to get the last cap because you, you kind of need to get the reset and have somebody play anti. In, in other games, like they'd have somebody on regrab who didn't pull off until too late. And then in the Emerald game, which it was, you know, they had a chance. And they just needed to, like, get this last return. And there were, like, three guys who all just missed snipes. And were, like, not even, like, close misses, but just, like, kind of boosting everywhere in a panic. And so, gosh, the Mighty Ducks came so close. If they flip any of those games that were one cap, like, yeah, they're, they're through. So if there was one thing that killed the Mighty Ducks, it was they couldn't get that last cap when it mattered, when they needed to make that come back at the end of games um that said like when they were in a tied or winning positions they were able to see those out so 
They just weren't quite able to come back from the in-game deficits. They had a great comeback from 3-1 down in the series. But Ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. If there, if there was one other thing in the series that might come back around, I'm not sure because it ultimately didn't matter in the game, but in, in Game 5, uh, the Ducks went up by one with like 30 seconds left, and Ducky put an exclamation point in the group chat. Oh, no. They gave up a cap. Oh, no, <laughs> Ducky. Left. And then to tie, and suddenly all of the LBT players were typing exclamation points in the group chat. I oh, why. never type chat, good or bad. Mighty Ducks did win in overtime, which allowed him to come back with the exclamation point. <laughs> but if Yelpa team, if Yelpa names his team, exclamation, exclamation point, exclamation point, you'll know why. <laughs> Any other thoughts on this game? Shout out to all four B teams in the Foci 4 for rotating. None of them went with just the four. Some of them went with only five, but still pretty darn good. Yeah, uh, in, in the Mighty Ducks LBT game, I think both teams had at least seven players. Yeah. So that's, I love to see that. It's great and to see. it shows that like, you can win a series while rotating. Like some, some of the rotated guys won games. So don't be scared of playing your, your, your second lineup. Bring those guys in. Don't be a little bitch, Captain. Don't be a little bitch, Captain. So that's it for the Foci 4. Uh, we put out a call for some mail this week. We're going to do a quick mailbag, and then we're going to get into the Nooper previews. Uh, take it away. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. First question from the mailbag. Why do you hate us, LMAO? So this question wasn't signed. So... We don't know, but uh, we don't hate it. I, I can understand why you might think we might hate your team, and I say to all of the teams. <laughs> um, but we don't hate we don't hate anybody. Um, uh, we hold grudges <laughs> against some teams. We, we don't. I, I also think there are some players and teams that have become villains, and you can like a villain, like you can acknowledge that uh, that a villain exists or, or or a heel might be a better word like that 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 is what some teams are and embrace it uh my answer to this question is simple i harbor a lot of hatred in my heart and i'm <laughs> i'm trying to work on it there's there's no team that i hate top to bottom for sure i think <laughs> I, I think the sentiment might be like you know how like teams that aren't like sports teams that aren't the big national brands and even no every sports team the fans think the national media hates them like yeah. when when you're watching a baseball game that's covered by your own regional sports network it's like it's 100% your team and then you watch a national game and it's only 50% your team and you're like why does the national broadcaster hate us well they they have to talk about everybody they have to try to be fair so i i mean we we we're a little biased cuz we're we're on teams um but well, perhaps a better analogy, depending on who asked this question, would be if the Astros wrote in and said, why do you hate us? <laughs> Fair. That's my you, answer to the question. The answer is, you know why. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe it wasn't you. Maybe it was your teammate or captain. That's the answer. Buy your tickets for the Astros heckling tour. Now the baseball's back. Exciting times. Go ahead, Cap. Which teams that were eliminated early did you expect to make a deeper playoff run? 
Well, I mean, the the easy answer is uh, OPHN B team. Yes. Sure. So that that's one. I would say on A team, I'm a little surprised. Question mark? Question mark? Went out early. Yeah. Although that was a uh, demise of their own devising by picking your team, Cat Puke. I think I think there were better options on the table for them. Um, I mean, I, I said before, I thought Manipulation Station was a better team than they ultimately finished. If, if you yeah. look at some of those play-in teams, I think they would be one of them. I, I think those the Nips, OPH on B, Arrow team on, on A, those are definitely the standout ones. TC Jukes on A, maybe. Yeah, that's another good one. But yeah, those are just a, those top four teams that didn't make the Foci 4, you know? I'm saying the, the, the Nips on A, I think, if I, if I have to pull one of those play-in teams, I thought they mm-hmm. were better than I'm they trying to it. pick a team here but like both one seeds are still in like most teams that were decently good made it far like it's tough to say anyone got eliminated super early compared to what they i would have expected i'd also say your b team cap yeah yeah but we kind of we kind of knew there'd be letdowns with no doctor ankles and yeah and stuff like that so like but maybe a little early but i would say after three games i definitely thought your b team was going through yeah, you hate to see it. You hate to see it. Uh, next question. What's your favorite Ben and Jerry's flavor? I can't answer this. I've never had Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. What? Pass. Oh my goodness. It's either half-baked or Americone Dream. Take your pick. Both delicious. Nice. I, I went to the Ben and Jerry's factory once. And you don't... Ha- oh my goodness. All right. Oh, just like eat the good flavors. I don't know what they're called. Here's the question of the season, IMO. How can a B-teamer move up the ranks to A-team and beyond? Hope that the CRC makes good decisions this offseason. I mean, for real. like, I, I, Immediately, I think the top one-fifth to one-quarter of B-team should move up to A-team or because of the proportion should be realigned, I think. Yeah. I, I think that should... That should happen if we have our shit together. Uh, like that top tier should be an A team, and we were already saying they should be an A team. The more I think about it, the more unless MLTP changes, the more I think the two to one A to B actually truly makes sense, and I get kind of excited for it. If it doesn't work out, switch back in season twenty. But I think it's something to try for for the next season. So as far as what a player can do, play both TPMs. I think the answer here is get chummy with captains. When it comes down to it, it's a politics thing for, for most of the top B team tier. So get get to know a few captains really well. Without like without annoying super them. annoying. Just just send a line, be like, hey, blah blah blah. Play lots of matchmaking, lots of matchmaking. Get your ELO up, play tag pro masters, get beat up by majors players. Um get a better computer, get better internet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's only so much you can do, but the best thing you can do is to play lots of, not pubs, but high-level competitive play Yeah, and just get beat up until you get better. Like, Drufa is the perfect example of it. Like, he was getting beat up in matchmaking day in and day out, and now he's a very solid player. And that's a good example. It's it's all an experience thing. You, it, it's the the more you, the more you play, the better you will get, and that will also help you if if you play masters and matchmaking. 
that'll also help you catch the eye of captains and higher level players. Next question. OPH has made it to back-to-back noopers now with two return players. Is Galvatron the reason or is D-Rec the X factor that we don't talk about? D-Rec even yes. positions this season. Didn't we talk about this? Yeah. The answer to the question is yes to both. Galvatron is their best player probably. D-Rec is an X factor and Raccoon and um, Johobo are both very good players. Thank you for submitting that question, D-Rec. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, and what they have if, good, good captaining. What is your favorite T Swift song? Well, one sec. I have to grab my Spotify playlist. Does it say how many times you've played songs? They have the summer review, like what oh. you play most over the summer. And the answer to me is, you need to calm down. And that's a good one. I, I mean, that that was her new one last summer, so that makes sense. Also, very good song. So, um, mine has been has always been enchanted. I think that's like her by far best song that never became a single. And it's like the true original Taylor Swift before she got all like poppy and like dark. I think it was like a very, it was a perfect angst speaks to me. Yeah, exactly. That's why I like her in Blink-182. It just speaks yeah. to the 32-year-old in me. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am, double the age of many tech pro players, and I listen to Blink-182 and Taylor Swift more than anyone else. Blink-182 makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, I grew up with Young people know Blink-182. That's true. But there's, they still, like, I listen to songs as though I'm in high school, basically. Right. And I love it unabashedly. But yeah, Enchanted's my favorite. I, I still think that um, Speak Now is probably her favorite or her best album. Um, but I don't know. You go back to things like Love Story and, and her self-titled album, there were some bangers on there too. For sure. Uh, which players deserve the most credit for where their team's respective finals appearance? Mm. I, I think I read that wrong and not the guy typed it wrong, but whatever. Uh, it's tough for me for Dark Side of the Ball because I think it's all it's a team. It's it's the most team of I don't know, maybe maybe Jack and the Blocks B is also that, but th- those two teams are very much team oriented. I guess for Dark Side you'd say Prism just statistically. Prism's done a really good job captaining. Um, I know for Jack and the Blocks I'd probably give the captain cooler shout out too just because of how well he's played and, and put together a team. Captaining is hard. <laughs> I'm the big proponent of playoff Galvatron, so that's going to be my answer. And here's why. I understand that the team around him has to be good, but there's something that he does with the flag that makes the other team scared of him. And when you can get the other team scared of him, maybe this is all my doing. And I've un- accidentally been just fueling it, but when the other team starts to be afraid of a player, it allows all of your team to shine. No, so and that's my answer. You you are correct. Galvatron is the biggest reason that OPH is here. Um, the 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 two things Galvatron is the best player on that team, and Galvatron and playoff Galvatron is overrated are not mutually exclusive. I think I think you're very much correct that, and probably more than any other team, Galvatron is the reason that this team is in the Nuper. But I do want to still give credit to the other players on that team. Yeah, I'm saying. Raven on Dark Side of the Ball, Galvatron yep. on OPH, um, Epic Blob on Jack in the Blocks, and Tritun on Land Before Timers. Yeah, it's it's got to be Tritter Tenderfella for LBT. 
Mm. Uh, both just balling out all season. All right, last question of this mailbag. Hello, Bald Eagle. Big fan here. I was wondering how to win Nooper. I did it once six years ago. An entire match was played on Boombox. Looking for tips from a more recent champion. Thanks, Raven. Well, hello, hello, fellow feathered friend. Um, in my experience, to win the Nooper, what you got to do is end up on the Juggernaut team and be their fifth ball, and then also convince them to play you just enough to get a ring. Just contribute enough and let everybody else carry. So, hope that helps. Good mailbag, everyone. Rig, you don't get an answer, neither do I, because that wasn't addressed to us. The rings-only conversation. (laughs) Okay. So let's look ahead now to the Nooper Ball and the Boober Ball. Should be... As as of now, we're not sure who's streaming or I guess what times they are, but the assumption would be 10 on Tuesday and Wednesday because Spear. Do you guys want to start with A or B? B. All right, let's start with the Booper. Uh, Again, the number one seed LBT, the number three seed Jack in the Blocks. Who you got? I got the timers for sure. Uh, They've just been blowing everyone out all season. There's no reason it's going to stop. Yeah, it's really hard to to not pick the timers here. Like I was saying before, there are some really good players on Jack in the Box that, that deserve to be here, and you know why they're here, but... The timers have just play, been playing uh, like just a level of their own. Um, and I'll go so, LBT and five. Again. Yeah, LBT and five is what I was going to say. As the only person here that actually watched both games, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go off the board and say Jack in the Blocks. Ian. No, that's on the board. That's one of the two choices. It's one. It's on, I'm going to go slightly farther down the board. <laughs> Jack You're going with the underdog, Bald. Going with the underdog, LBT actively tried to lose all seven games. They, <laughs> the three games they lost, they lost. And then, like I said, the other four games, they sure did their best to throw in the last minute. And Mighty Ducks couldn't exploit it. I think Jack in the Blocks is a smart enough and good enough team to take advantage of those mistakes. Now, maybe that's just a LBT is a little rusty maybe kind of wasn't prepared. Maybe they'll be better this week. They probably will be better this week. You, you've got to come up for the booper. But I think Jack in the Blocks is a really smart, not really tilty, kind of fundamentally sound team. Um, LBT is that as well. Um, but I think Jack in the Blocks has a chance. Obviously would not be surprised if LBT wins, but... I think Jack and the Blocks probably have more of a chance than people give them credit for. So I'll say them in seven just to throw that out there. So the ELO has the timers at 73%, but I love Rick's response on the thread that um, after week two, they were uh, under 1% chance um, to win the Booper. And he says, you know, if we were less than 1% at one point and still made it here, uh, I'll take 27.5% chance anytime. I love it. That seems like a significant problem for uh, Josh Gordon's ELO system. Guess we shouldn't vote for him for behind the scenes. Yeah, way to go, Josh Garden. <laughs> Josh, Josh Garden. Yes. <laughs> Let's move on to A team. Uh, this one's also got the one seed, dark side of the ball. It's got the ten seed over the pants handoffs, but it sure does feel like these are the top two teams at this point in the season. This and is then, an exciting matchup. It's an exciting matchup. One thing that I'm really excited for is that. Uh, there are currently 
four players total who have won multiple Nuper balls. That's far fewer than any other league tier. It's for some reason it's just very hard to win multiple Nuper balls. Because well, you're going to be adding two players to that list no matter what happens. Raven That's and cool. Prism won in the first two Nuper balls. Raven won one, Prism won number two. Drek and Galatron won the most recent Nuper ball. You've got old versus new. Uh, somebody's going to get their second ring. I'm really excited for this. And it's going to be a really exciting matchup to compare like all of these old players coming back with the team. Drek was around, but like he's now having that renaissance. And you know, a lot of the other players, Galvatron's relatively newer. Um, these teams have like gotten good. Raccoon's a pure rookie. Like, Come on, you're you're gonna have the first Nuper winner versus a pure rookie. Let's go! I love it. Agreed. It's it's an incredible matchup. I think it'll be a close matchup. I think OPH is probably people are going to be picking them, but I picked Dark Side of the Ball to win the Nuper after what was it, week three, um, when they were middle of the standings, maybe like seventh or eighth. Um, and I'm sticking with it. I think they're gonna win the Nuper. They have the they have the right mentality. They have talent. They're truly like a team team. They don't rely on any one player. Um, but it's going to be a hell of a matchup. And I'm I'm going to say dark side of the ball in seven. It's going to end at like midnight. <laughs> Congrats, Rig. I'm picking them in week three. Uh, so the way I see this, we have Hypedo versus Hype D, and then less Hypedo versus less Hype D. And... I'm going to take the, the hypest defense in the Nuper. So I'm going to go with Dark Side in six. So for me, I feel almost like I'm like 100% certain that OPH is going to win the first two games of this series. Yeah. Just based on how the series before this have gone, OPH always starts hot and Dark Side has started slow. So then the question becomes can Dark Side win four of the next five against OPH if that happens? They can, but I think OPH is going to be the best test that they face so far. And yeah, I think OPH is probably going to end up winning then. Um, and I think it's, it's unless Dark Side of the Ball gets out to a hot start um, and actually like takes one of those first couple games, I think OPH is going to be in too much control. Now we've seen Dark Side of the Ball like, come back and lock things down. I mean, I certainly witnessed that firsthand, but OPH is has just been too hot these playoffs. So I think you're looking at OPH and and six. They win the first two, maybe four and six. I don't know. Like, yeah. When when we talk about villain or heel teams, we know this is the team that, that like we're, we're we're not being super subtle about it. And obviously, like you always root for the team that won less recently. Like I'm, right. you don't want to see a repeat. You, you like to see the fresh blood. You. Uh, fresh blood. These players are all old as hell, but uh, yeah, the heel wins an awful lot. So, uh, OPH and six, that's my pick. All right. That's going to do it for us this week on the Tag for Lead podcast. Uh, hope that y'all will turn, tune in to the Nooper and Booper. It should be a very exciting couple of games, we hope. Um, hope they live up to our expectations of them. I certainly think it's going to be a fun four hours or so across those two nights. Thanks as always to Amy for doing our audio editing. Uh, as we've gone along this podcast, we've gotten progressively worse and worse 
So thank you to Amy. Like just through this through the two seasons. Yeah. Compared to the the first episode, like we must be so much worse now. Um so thanks to Amy for cleaning up all our messes. Thanks to Funky Spud for the music as well that has graced our podcast uh through these last few months. Congrats again to Smalley. Congrats again to Smalley. Uh, as, as well as Raven recently, uh, if you are basically what we're saying is if you support our podcast, you will be married soon. The other supporters, Ghost, Superdig, Bob, Piabla, Jelly Rat, Kaiser, Riley, Sir Clay, Tinderfella, and Indius. Uh, thanks again to you all. Uh, I know we're figuring out something to do with the, the money that you've donated to our podcast to send it back into the league and, and do something good with it. And if you made it all the way through all of the podcast and the thank yous, I want to toss out that we are looking to change our format of the podcast a little bit more to come on that. But we're hoping that this off season um, will be more fun. So keep listening to us, even if these week by week podcasts are getting a little stale. And keep an eye out for speaking of changing formats, keep an eye out for the player survey uh, that will come out this week at some point. I've been a little behind on it, but I will get that out this week. All that's left to say is GG's. GG's.